Yeah. Hello, and welcome back to the Couch Team Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker. I'm joined, as always, by Matt, the teacher, Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? It's not as cool as, like, the professor or something, you know, from, like, in the and one tours. Mm. Like, you know, we had a hiatus. You know, we got, you were traveling. I had some new work. So, you know, it's, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. No, no real big free agency. We didn't really have that emergency trade podcast I was expecting us to have at any given point. It was fairly quiet free agency. Not a lot happening. We'll all break it down in this episode. Episode 120, by the way, Matt. We're uh, almost 60 days from the new NBA season. Yeah. I'm so ready for the NBA to be back. Football is like starting. And it's like, that's fine. Baseball. Sucks. You talk about baseball if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this is a good side. This is a good jumping off point before we get into the, you know, the actual sport here. Um, Basketball. Uh, I went, I had some traveling, went and saw some family in Minnesota, went to a minor league baseball game. All well and good, right? Double A? What's that? Triple A. Triple A. Uh, The St. Paul Saints, right? What a stupid name, anyway. Go ahead. Uh, Anyways, it was, you know, went to a minor league baseball game, uh, sat sat outside, excited to go. I sit down, see everyone warming up, and I I realized how bad of a sport baseball was. (laughs) Like seriously, like let, 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 the best part about baseball and the thing people co- go to baseball games for is not the sport. <laughs> like, it's, have you ever talked to what's in the last five years? Have you talked to someone who's like, yeah, I actually really enjoyed this baseball game. No, you go for like the the out being outdoors, right? It's a spring sport, so you're finally getting outside. You're getting to maybe spend some time with some people. It's an event, right? Like, it's a whole thing. It's not like, oh, my God, I'm so excited to see minor league baseball team. Right. It's it's I'm gonna, it's the equivalent of I'm going to sit on my porch. I'm going to have a drink. There's some people around, though, and there's some things just going on in the background while we chit-chat. Yeah, there's a pitcher who's getting yelled at by his manager for not throwing his – slider or whatever on the right corner and he's getting pulled from the game and that's baseball pretty much i almost uh, the most entertaining part of the game was one a grand slam so that was cool got to see grand slam that was fun uh lasted all 20 seconds and then it went back to being boring um (laughs) and two uh manager almost got thrown out that was the that was the second most fun part See, I'm there for a good like manager coming out yelling at an umpire, grabbing a base. Yeah, I'm here for, I'm here for a brawl. I'll watch a I'll watch a baseball brawl. I'll, I'll like a grandstand. I'm like, hey, that's cool. That's a cool moment, right? But like, I'm not trying to go watch a pitcher like try and strike out 15 guys and be like, wow, what an amazing pitching performance. Like, I'm gonna go to a baseball game. Like, I need to score at least seven runs. Like, eat. If I'm going to a baseball game with friends, I'm probably talking about basketball or football for 90% of the game. <laughs> and it's still more interesting than the baseball. Oh, 100%. 100%. Dying sport, Ryan. It, you know, it's it's just 
when you're asleep at the wheel of your sport for at least 50 years, things happen like that. But, you know, and it, it, I digress. I digress. Anyways, uh, <laughs> before we uh, just harp on baseball for too much longer, uh, remember to follow us on Twitter or on Instagram uh, and also give us a radio review on the podcast platform of your choice. Quick recap of episode 119. We did a little draft reaction and then we did some uh, pre-free agency uh, trades. Talked about the Russell Westbrook trade uh, and some other draft night trades. Matt, we got a lot of NBA news for the first time in a while. Walk us through it. So first of all, we got the schedule. The 71st anniversary schedule. Right. So we got those opening night games. We got them Christmas games. So that's, that's exciting. Got some preseason games. OKC is having a game here in Tulsa against Denver. Um, preseason. So yeah, I might go check on that. Uh, you know, but like we got a schedule. So right, stuff to start looking forward to. Uh, we had Summer League. So mm. you know, we got that draft. And then almost immediately after, we got the Summer League. The Sacramento Kings, the Summer League champions, Ryan. Um, still first piece of hardware they've claimed in what 30 years so it might be the only piece of hardware they claim for a while too (laughs) that's that's the entire trophy case (laughs) Um, since like western conference final champions like 20 years ago um so good for them right uh we had not a lot of trades here going on but one that kind of did strike our eye ryan eric bledsoe who Beginning off season was in New Orleans, got sent to Memphis in the Valentunas deal. Now gets traded to the LA Clippers, a place where he, you know, was early on in his career, kind of helped him make a name for himself. And the Clippers gave up uh, Rajon Rondo and Pat Bev, who then got rerouted to Minnesota, and Daniel Duro. So I guess we're just saving money here for the Clippers. Just, I mean, just throw in the season at this point so i mean they did save like 30 million in tax money and did create like an eight million dollar trade exception which they won't use this year maybe next offseason once Kawhi's back healthy and like they actually know what they want to do like to try and contend for a championship but like i guess yeah we're just saving money here and saying sign an hour to the season i guess they're like one paul george sprained ankle away from having a really bad season from doing like the Warriors thing, like, yeah. Where they for the number two pick, except yeah. you know they don't own their pick for the next uh, five years. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Here's the thing: it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and then we'll talk about some players real quick that extended with their teams. So not guys who resigned, but guys who got that extension. So we saw guys from certain draft classes start getting paid, like the Trey Young and Luca draft class. We also saw some other guys got some either for their level max extensions or some guys who got the true max extensions. So like I mentioned, Trey Young in Atlanta, Marcus Martin, Robert Williams in Boston. Boston. Uh, Robert Williams, Brad Stevens giving the man an extension that he wouldn't play. Um, That's that's interesting. Um, KD getting that max extension. Terry Rozier with a basically four for a hundred. That was, that's a move. I don't know how Marcus Smart at four for 77 
and then Brozier at four for 97 makes sense, but whatever. Um, Luca getting his max extension, Steph, the first two time $200 million man. That's ridiculous. Uh, Kawhi signing a four year extension. Not sure why a four year extension, but anyway, Jimmy getting big money in Miami. Julius Randle going ahead and locking up money in New York mm. for his sake. That was probably smart. Got a four for 117. Because if he didn't have as good of a year, he wasn't getting that again. So probably yep. just lock that in. Shea getting a young, uh, young guy max money, and Joel Embiid locking up max money like Jimmy and uh, Kawhi did. So overall, I think that's as expected. You know, like there's obviously some lower level names on the list between like Robert Williams and stuff. But like, if we expected those deals to get done, they did eventually get done. Like Embiid's came much later than maybe some people were wondering about, but who knows for what reason we can hash on the rumor mill of he wanted to see where it was going and what the plans were and all that. But like in the, the day he signed it. So Philly, you know, rejoice. But that's, those are the main bits for the news. And then we'll get into here in just a moment, the actual moves from the offseason and where that left some teams. Anything from all that, Ryan, before we get into it? Kind of an interesting thing. Kawhi left some money on the table by opting out this offseason and then signing an extension because he could have opted in and then signed an extension. I think he lost like 15 or $20 million, I think, um, on the deal overall, um, which is kind of interesting to me. I don't, I mean, I guess the long term, if you're thinking the Clippers may need some extra money, maybe that's the reason for that. But uh, yeah, Bobby Marks was kind of confused for me as being like, what exactly the play was here? What the, what the long term plan is? Because either the Clippers and Kawhi have like some other like little handshake thing going on, like we're doing this, we're doing that. Or like Kawhi is just kind of like, I'm doing what I feel like is best for me. And it's like, okay, all right. I, I wonder if he's getting some, like, Microsoft kickback stock or something like that <laughs> illegally. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just joking about that. But, like, yeah, it's kind of strange. Um, kind of – I like the Julius Randle extension because it wasn't, like, a full max. It was a good good number for Julius Randle. Um, yeah, Steph – that's going to be a lot of money for Steph Curry, right? Toward the end of his career, 55 million, I think at some point during that deal, it's a lot for Jimmy Butler too. It's in that same range. The, the Jimmy one is the one that concerns me, honestly, the most out of all of it. And yeah. it's just like the shooting's already basically gone to crap. And I mean, I hope the rest of the game stays at like that all-star elite level, but like we've seen him battling injuries now. And that, that other part of the game, like, it's hard to maintain. It's the shooting stuff. I mean, Steph does it at an elite level. But that's the stuff that you hope sticks and stays and can keep you in the league for a little extra long um, than maybe you were expecting. And basically, it's just giving it up. So I, that's the one that I feel like in two years, we're like, that's, that's hurting. But Jimmy was very good this year when he played. So... I don't know. Maybe it'll be fine. It's just a when he plays thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think Steph's game can translate a little bit, like you said, because of the shooting into later age. Um, 
and his off-ball movement. It's not like a lot of his game was explosive to the rim. Uh, it was an it's an element of his game, but I think Steph long term, I wouldn't be as worried about giving him that number. But a guy like Jimmy, you're right. Like with how physical he plays the game, like you got to start thinking about injuries, especially into middle middle thirties. But I mean, we've seen it time and time again in recent years where athletes have kind of found a different gear and a different way to take care of their bodies to prolong their careers. I guess that's what they're betting on. And hey, yeah. that's part of the pro of having Jimmy Butler there for the last couple of years. It's like, you you know the guy. You know the, the work, re- like the regimen and everything. So, Hashtag heat culture, Matt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, just living down in Miami, right? you want to look good and be on the beach. That's as much of it as anything. Anyway, um, we'll talk more about Miami here in just a moment because we're going to talk about teams that try to remake themselves, to put it that way. Um, so teams that went for it, and we got about four teams here we'll, we'll mention. Um, let's start with Chicago because they're the team that kind of tried to be the splashiest team here in free agency because let's just call a spade a spade. Chicago's desperate to win. Yeah. We saw it with the Busevich trade mid-year. We're seeing it now. They ain't waiting anymore. They're full in. Um, So they went for the sign-in trade to get DeMar DeRozan. Had to give up that young, which I'm doing wrong, somewhat big deal. Not that big of a deal, but kind of a big deal. Um, Alfred Camino, whatever, it's just salary. Future first, two future seconds. That kind of stings. I get why you had to do it, but it kind of stings. Um, maybe if Aminu was a real basketball player at this point in his career, wouldn't have had, wouldn't have given up that much, but mm. what it is. Um, also did a sign trade for Lonzo Bull, uh, for Garrett Temple, Tomas Sadarensky, and future second. I think that one was genius. Um, there. So he signed Alex Caruso on like a four for 37. They brought in Tony Bradley as a backup big. Uh, didn't mention the DeRozan is like, what was that, a three for 80 deal? And then Lonzo is like a four for 80, 85, something like that. So a lot of people don't love the DeRozan contract. Lonzo one, though, seems appropriate. I think that's a good deal. I don't know, Ryan, what do you say to you about Chicago? Are, did, they, did they lock themselves into the top six in the East here? I don't know. I think I see a sliding range for them. They're either still in that play-in range or they're, they could easily be in that top six and out of the play, um, play-in. But I, with they definitely consolidated, right? Like that's what we've been talking about with some, some of these teams. Eventually you have to stop picking in that six, seven, eight range and just make a move and figure out what you have. Um, obviously they're going to figure out what they have with Zach Levine this year. We've been talking about him a lot over the last couple of seasons of, is he a winning player? Is he a winning basketball guy? Uh, and we're going to find out this season because they've equipped. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to find out. Um, I mean, DeRozan is a good playmaker. It's someone other than Levine who can make, do something with the ball. Lonzo. I mean, you're essentially getting him for free. Like Thomas Sadoransky and uh, Garrett Temple and a future second round pick. Like, 
what was New Orleans thinking in making that deal? We'll talk about New Orleans here in a little bit. <laughs> I, of course, like if you're the Bulls, you do that deal like a thousand times out of a thousand. You're essentially getting a young guard who doesn't ask for the ball and can pass really well and it has proven to shoot the ball uh, over the last two seasons. For like is two he the players. Yeah. Is, is this like, I don't know, an awesome defender? Probably not, but he's serviceable and – I don't know. I like that. I like that move. That's a smart move. Um, I, the DeRozan thing, like you have to kind of get one of these guys, some a winning veteran into your team to kind of make the playoffs. And I think DeRozan kind of fits that mold for them. It, are Did they overpay for him? Yeah. But we've seen teams who have not been successful recently have to overpay. And that's kind of the situation Chicago has put themselves in. Sure. And it's like, yeah, I would have loved DeRozan more for like three for 65, three for 70. Right. We talked about like, could he get like a two for 50 somewhere on the market? Obviously got more than that, but like that 20, $25 million range, you feel a little better in um, for him. Yeah. I think you hit it kind of on the head there. It was like, if you just want to establish like a baseline of like good basketball players on your roster, like just we're not playing guys who suck, then like sometimes you just have to go get guys like that. And like maybe once you add it all together, all the guys you have on your roster, it doesn't add up to as much as you'd like for it to. But like assuming guys play the season like an adequate amount, this isn't going to be a, like a sucky team, right? Yeah. Like they've kind of, to me, like they're now baseline is what they've been at the last couple of years. And you're right. Do they have still a pretty wide range of outcomes? Yes, they do. But if you told me they are like the Knicks or Hawks of this past year, where it's like they're the team that gets it together and like, it's just like, yeah, we're just like kind of good. Like we bring out every night, we know who we are. We know what we run. We execute it. Cool. Maybe they end up as the four or five in like this year's matchups. Not inconceivable, especially considering where the Boston's and like those two teams we just mentioned. Like, we don't know where they're like falling and finishing this year. So, I think it's possible for the Bulls to be like have a what 45, 47 win record um, this year in the league. But you could also tell me they hit like they're struggling to get that 40th win to hit the nine seed or you know play in so I, at the same time though like DeRozan, Lonzo, uh, Levine, Vucevic it's like for like actually good NBA starting level players maybe none of them are a top 15 guy Maybe maybe none of them are a top 20 guy, depending on how you want to split hairs with uh, Levine and DeRozan. But, like, I don't know. If you have four guys between numbers, you know, I'm just saying numbers here, 20 and 50 in the NBA, like, that's a good starting lineup. Yeah. So, You're probably making the playoffs there. Yeah. I think you make the playoffs. And if that's really what Chicago wants, I think Chicago's going to get that this year. As long as they don't get like upset in the play-in game or something, 
they're in the playoffs this year. Yeah. And I, I mean, a lot of this team's progress is kind of hinged on what Pat Williams or Pat will, uh, will do for them because I think he's going to be their fifth starter. Uh, yeah. And I don't know. I, I like him as a player. Some people have compared him to Kawhi. I think that's probably a little bullish early on, especially his how his offensive game is. Um, but I, he kind of fits. He doesn't have to do anything offensively. He just has to defend. Jay Tucker this year. Yeah. Not to win. Yeah. Go get like the hustle rebounds, play really good defense, hit your corner threes, and like a, a very rare occasion attack and close out straight to the rim. You know? Okay. Like if that's a thing, like you can live with that as your fifth guy. So I, I like it. They still have some depth to fill out, mm. but. I, I at some level feel like okay, Chicago has a we're not gonna suck like mindset now, which is before is like we'll just be whatever it is we're being, and they're not that anymore. Yeah. All right, so we'll go out west for this one. We'll go a little L.A. Making moves, Ryan. So we talked about the rust trade previously, and the big point of discussion after the whole like how does he fit? What's going on? like having the three superstars thing was like, okay, how are they filling out the roster? Because between Russ, AD, LeBron, Marcus all, that's all you got. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> what they did. And so this is really talking about the, the pieces. They went out, brought in Carmelo, they brought in Kent Bazemore, they brought back Trevor Reza, they brought back Dwight Howard, they brought did they bring back Wayne Ellington? Is this the second time around? I think so. I think it is. They brought back Wayne Ellington. <laughs> uh, went out and got Kendrick Nunn to take way less money than uh, his market was probably. Malik Monk, same thing. And then they re-signed Taylor Horton Tucker for, honestly, not a bad deal, like $10 million a year for three years. Mm. Like, he didn't get the outrageous amount. Some people were like clamoring for him to get like the Lonzo deal. So... Okay. Anyway. So Ryan, they made moves. They I mean they basically said like here's nine new players. Um any any thoughts here? What um okay. Matt, the last two years the Lakers have um under Frank Vogel been one of the top two teams defensively. Been very good. Been very good. One of the reasons they wanted to the main reason they won a championship and one of the reasons they were one of the better teams in the Western conference last year before LeBron AD got hurt. My question to you, Matt, who the heck on this team is defending anybody outside of LeBron and AD? Yeah, that's the problem. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Like seriously, like we've seen this, like Carmelo's past is way past his prime. Yeah. Uh, Like that's not somebody you can count on defensively for like, 20 minutes a night you know like is the idea washed yeah ariza's washed we saw this in miami last year and then what like you're trying to recapture the dwight season that you had a couple seasons that's that's 10 minutes of rebounds and also block shots and whatever that's not defense like i don't know okay this now kind of leads to this part of it in terms of defense taylor horton tucker 
right? We've been hearing this dude's incredible. He's amazing. He's the next like guy. You guys don't even realize what we have here. And like, he does some play for them, you know? So it's like, okay, so you have this demigod on your bench that just, you're just not playing. You haven't played now for two years and now we're bringing him back at 10 million a year. It's like, is he playing now? And two, if he is playing, like, what are we, what do we realistically expect from the kid? He's like 21 years old. And now like is the fourth highest player, highest paid player on the roster. Serious question. Would you rather have THT or Alex Caruso? On Alex Caruso. I would a thousand times rather have Alex Caruso. He's and, on a cheaper deal. And by the way, he's like actually he actually did things. Like he played serious minutes for the Lakers the last couple of seasons and was awesome when they won the championship. Yeah. I don't know what his role is, knows what he's supposed to do, like is like the hustle guy that like let's be honest, none of these guys we just rattled off are. Yeah. Is THT a spark plug? No, he's like he's a melancholy dude, which is fine, who just kind of goes out there floats a bit and what but like what you look at his plus minus like in the box score and it's like he had a plus 18 and it's like oh yeah actually so play with lebron james and anthony davis like he didn't really do anything but like plus 18 you know it's like you think he's really good and it's like well what did he actually do you know right maybe he is a great nba basketball player that's just like hiding in plain sight i don't know ryan maybe he is i just i don't tend to believe that until i actually see someone do something on a basketball court you know, usually, usually when someone's awesome at basketball, you're right. They play like you know, twenty minutes a game at least, and especially for a team that needed quality guard play last year. Yeah, Couldn't yeah. Get. Um, I, but Dennis feel- Schroeder was the problem. That that was <laughs> that was the issue there. So Ryan, how do we how do we feel about relying on Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk at the two guard? So I get bringing them in one yeah. because you need uh, someone under the age of 30 to play <laughs> basketball for you <laughs> and doing THD that's it and two um like you're saying like Malik Bunk had a nice year I don't know if either I mean both these players are fine I think it's kind of telling that these guys were recently entered in the league and both of the teams who they were just playing on were like yeah we're good isn't that kind of a red flag like wouldn't Miami rather just have Kendrick Nunn than anybody else on their backup guard situation or they're like you know what we'll pay Gabe Vincent two million (laughs) dollars like what are we doing here like I I like Kendrick Nunn but I don't know. It's kind of a red flag when a team's like, yeah, I'm good on a young guy. Well, because, like, his problem with Eric Spolster was, like, the defense. Eric yeah. Spolster was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to play you. If you're not going to play defense, I'm not going to play you. And it's like, in L.A., again, you start blowing coverages and stuff, and Frank Vogel's going to get pissed. LeBron's going to be like, now you're making me do stuff. AD's like, I don't want to play center. And it's like, this isn't even about that. And he's like, I don't want to play center. <laughs> it's <laughs> just like well, okay he's gonna shoot like i guess i don't know I, I also think like i don't know like when you're playing in the western conference you're playing against damian lillard stephen curry clay thompson 
Like you're playing against some elite elite guards, unlike sometimes in the Eastern Conference. And I, I, like if Luka Doncic sees Kendrick Nunn on the floor, like are we just gonna see? Like is it just over? Like is yeah? Like I don't. I don't know what the plan is here. Like, is he going to play 10 minutes a night? Is he going to play 15 minutes a night? Is he going to be a 25 minute a night guy? Because he has to be some, some nights when Russ is taking a night off or LeBron's taking a night off. Like what, how do those minutes end up being productive NBA minutes and winning minutes for the Lakers? I think kind of hitting on it is that, you don't feel like there's a lot of guys on this roster that you're just like, all right, I'm cool with you playing 30 minutes a night. You know, like yeah. LeBron, we got AD, Russ, and that's it. Those are okay. the three guys I would say like you feel ultra comfortable playing 30 minutes a night. This is the test. Game seven, Nets, you're in the finals. Let's say this team gets to the finals. Who are the like seven guys you're trotting out and saying, these are my seven? Outside of the top three guys, like yeah, it's a given. You have AD, LeBron, Russ, so you have to name four others. That that's it. Four others. And I'm basically going from this list too because playing the Nets, you're not really playing centers. Yeah, so that takes off Dwight. It takes off Gasol. Like maybe you play one of them, but I don't feel great about it. Is it? <laughs> I mean, I would I, say Ariza. You would have to play Ariza. So there's um, one. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> Carmelo, Wayne Ellington, THT, one of Nunn or Monk. Whichever one's hot that night. So there's your four. That's it, I guess. I, yeah, that that's. And do you feel good about it? Like, do you feel like no. you're gonna win that game seven no. <laughs> against no. James Harden, Kevin yeah, Durant, and Kyrie Irving? you know, get that switch and just go to work. Like that's going to be an easy 90 points for the big three in uh, Brooklyn, let alone anything else. The kicker is it never got to a game seven because the Nets swept the Lakers. <laughs> that's the thing. You're just relying on dudes who like have never been there way too much. Or you're relying on dudes like Carmelo or Bazemore or Ariza that, or Wayne Ellington. It's just like, this is a great, like I do four years ago. This is a great, like, 2010s team. Yeah, it's just this missed a mark. I get what it's going for. It missed a mark. It is the best they could do, honestly. But that's just the problem you put yourself in, is this was the best you could do. (laughs) You're going to remake basically your entire roster full of minimums and $5 million or less players. and Those just aren't quality players at this point, unless they're actually very, very talented and willing to take a massive discount. That's not it in these situations none of those veterans were getting paid more than what you were paying them. Yeah. 100%. Let's go to Miami. So we talked a little bit about them already. So they signed a trade for Lowry, basically gave a precious Chua in the deal. Um, They, you know, re-signed Butler, also brought back in Duncan Robinson on on an expensive, but maybe not unreasonable deal. Brought back Dwayne Dedman, who was good towards the end of the year. They brought back Ola Depot on the minimum, mm. uh, like two plus million. So that was good. Brought in PJ Tucker and brought in Marquise Morris, actually from the Lakers. Uh, Tucker from the reigning champion Milwaukee Bucks. We some so, dogs. So, okay. 
I feel like the Heat feel like they're a top two team in the East. Do you do you vibe with that, Ryan? They're better than last year. Okay. All right. Uh, I don't know if they're a top two. I don't buy into the top two team. I can see a top four team, uh, top three team maybe. Uh, I like Lowry, obviously. Getting Lowry is big for them. It kind of th- – this is their all-in year, right? Like it's starting to be the all-in point. All the chips are in the middle of the table. They- I think they're sensing that, one, what we kind of talked about was like Butler – at some point, you just have to be all in with an aging star like Butler. And this is their point. And I I like the fact that they're going for it. They're not trying to do this cute little like thread the needle with like a nice youth movement off the bench. They just like brought in a bunch of good NBA players. Um, like PJ Tucker, good fit for them, can play, can defend. Um and it, you, you don't really have to worry about him. And then you like Lowry, Robinson, Butler, Tucker, Adebayo. That's a solid five. Yeah. That's a really solid five. And then you're taking swings on guys like Oladipo, who's kind of coming off a weird COVID injury here. And like if he hits for you, paying him $2 billion looks really great, yeah. right? Like, if he gets back to that all-NBA form. And then guys like Deadman we've liked in the past. And Marquise Morris, they're rotation guys. And yeah. that's kind of what you need to, to fill out a championship roster. Yeah, between those guys and then, like, you hope Tyler Hero has a better year yeah. this season. It's like, okay, between those guys, we just listed up to nine guys. And it's like, nine guys you would feel comfortable, like, playing in the playoffs. Yeah. Is any – combo of the five great enough to get you like to the Eastern Conference Finals I don't know about that but like it's a good competent team so they're one of those like yeah assuming health they feel like just like they're a really good tough basketball team gets you into the top five of the East and then maybe a injury or matchup breaks your way and all of a sudden you do wind up in the Eastern Conference Finals but like yeah, it's, I don't know, to me it's not exciting, but it it's, again, about as maximizing of what they could do in this situation they were in. Because, again, they were in cap hell. They really didn't have any tradable picks at this point because Oklahoma City. And, you know, they were working with not a lot of money. So to bring in, you know, bring back Deadman and Oladipo, bring in Tucker and Morris, yeah, yeah. I mean, you effectively traded Kendrick Nunn for his spot and money for PJ Tucker. So, yeah, I get it. If you think Hero's back and ready, I get it. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is like Hero is kind of the unknown here. You could kind of trade him if you're sensing that you really have a team here and you're missing maybe a guy and he's not at the trade deadline performing like you would like to see from him. Uh, maybe you can get, uh, upgrade that spot or maybe Bradley Beal's unhappy and you figure out a way to get some of your picks because you unprotect the, all the sure. unprotect the pick you owe to o- Oklahoma city. Um, now you have some guys who you can throw into that trade as well. Um, so I, 
I like the, I like this offseason um, for Miami. I feel better about this team than I did this previous team. Um, and I, I don't know. They were able to keep Duncan Robinson, and that was one of our biggest question marks for them. Yeah. I, I, like said, I like it. I don't know. Something just is a little... It's off. it's not... Right now, I like it. It's not a championship team. No. It doesn't feel like a 2021 NBA basketball team. It feels like a 2015 like, NBA it, it also kind of feels like a, like a really, really excellent pickup basketball team at the same yeah, time. That, that team is like just random nights just going to murder teams. Yeah. Because they're like always ready to play. Are they going to murder the Kings on a back-to-back? Of course they are. Yeah. But that's not the games that really matter, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. All right. One more team that was out here making moves. Um, Washington. Washington out here making moves. So obviously a part of the Westbrook trade, rehauled their depth, brought in Kuzma, KCP, Montres Harrell. They also used part of what they acquired in the trade to get Aaron Holiday from Indiana. And then their one kind of big free agent move was they went out and they brought in Spencer Dinwiddie on like a three for 60. So that was honestly a really nice contract considering what you look at other guys getting, especially like the, Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier extensions. Dinwiddie on a three for 60 is really nice. So Washington all of a sudden went from this, you know, two superstar, bunch of young guys Mm. to Brad Beal and like a handful plus of like, just like really competent NBA basketball players. I know we've said that phrase a few times here, but they're just like, we're going to try and be good. We were talking pre-pod. It feels like they're kind of going that like Brooklyn net three years ago route of like, let's just show the world that we can be like a good basketball team, with good basketball players with competent organization, like standards and acquisitions. And like, just show this is somewhere you should want to come. Cause it's a nice place to play, nice place to live. And like, look, we know what we're doing. I think if that was their goal, they did that. So that's a win for Washington, and they don't have a lot of those, right? So we got to apply it when it happens. Well, that's the thing is, like, if you look at the team from this past season to now, it doesn't feel like they lost anything in terms of, like, being able to compete compete for a play-in spot. Like, yeah. I would feel really confident about this team being in that 8 to 10 range. And you could say the same thing about last year's team. And, like, but you're moving in a, in the right direction instead of just taking big swings at big names like Russell Westbrook. Um, I like the I I like what was done here. Obviously, like you take on guys like veterans like KCP, Kuzma, you could convince and re-sign, and then like Montrez, like all of those guys could be tradable and they're tradable contracts, and like that's what you need in to make a big splash like free agency slash superstar to acquire a superstar. Um, so I, this is a, a competent, well done off season by Washington. We haven't been able to say that very much. Your boys, the Washington wizards. Uh, it, it, it's nice. It's out of there. And all of a sudden it's turning right. Yeah. It, it's just well done. Um, I, the Dinwiddie sighting, they essentially got him for like nothing which is, is incredible. Um, 
what he stays on the court like that's that's a nice backcourt with him and Beal. Would you rather have Evan Fournier at twenty million dollars or Spencer Dinwiddie at twenty million dollars? Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. I'd I'd rather Spencer Dinwiddie at twenty million dollars over a lot of guys who are. (laughs) And that's Dinwiddie at twenty million dollars and Russell Westbrook at forty million dollars. Tell you that much for sure. Well, that's the thing is like. You know, we've seen this point guard plus Bradley Beal thing play out, but it's a little different this time around because there's actual depth here. And the last time we saw that, the Wizards were a really competent playoff team. Um, so I I can't say that they're, they're for sure not a championship contender, but I think they finally understand that. And the organization is coming to grips with they are not a championship contention, contending roster right now. But – but they're maybe one of these guys really hits. You yeah. trade something that ne- again, that next disgruntled star conversation that always comes up. Of, and there's always got to be a surprise team that hops in somewhere. Maybe they're just like, let's try and be Toronto. Yeah. Let's just, let's just try and do that. Build up a couple of young guys, have their, their version of Kyle Lowry and Brad Beal. And when that Kawhi Leonard comes available, they can step in and snag it. A sneaky. I think they would be a good landing spot for Ben Simmons. I mean, Brad Beal's a good guy to put him next to because Brad Beal will shoot. Well, that's the thing is like if you uh, like you could probably send Daniel Gafford wherever, bring him off the bench, but then you're effectively starting Ben Simmons as your starting center. Yeah, I don't hate it. I really don't. So uh, Washington again, props to them for seeming to handle this the right way. It was like a, a B, you know, when the, when you've been turning in C, C minus to D work, a B is a big jump. It's yeah. great. It's like you go pat that one kid on the back and you're like, hey, good job, man. Like, you're a kid because you're like, hey, you got it right this time. All right. So teams that maybe didn't quite get it right. <laughs> um, <laughs> or at least I don't get it. So New Orleans, we talked about the Lonzo bit earlier with Chicago. Again, all of the rumors and reports were like Lonzo uh, was gone, but Zion wanted him back. And I mean, again, give him away for peanuts. Um, we like the Valanciunas trade, but you know that is, I don't think that he, that balances out um, with the Lonzo bit. They brought in Devontae Graham for a first round pick, which yeah, the deal isn't awful, I guess, but. Um, they did resign Josh Hart, which I liked on basically like the Taylor Horton Tucker deal, effectively. Mm. So that was really smart. Josh Hart actually has played NBA basketball. Um, I liked that one. I don't know, Ryan. Do we do we feel better about New Orleans? Because I don't. We got they got worse. Yeah, yeah, yes. I don't think they're better. Maybe they didn't get better. I don't. Know. They. They like try to consolidate, but didn't do it well. <laughs> like you essentially gave up Lonzo for Devonte Graham, and I, that doesn't feel good. They gave up Lonzo and a first round pick <laughs> for Devonte, which is really not great. Um, I would rather have just kept Lonzo Ball, but I guess I'm not running a front office. So, um, yeah, I mean. The whole Zion thing, like, they feel like they're trying to win now, and they still, like, 
haven't figured that balance out of like, okay, we're still rebuilding. We have this all generational talent and we're trying to win all at the same time. And it's just like, hasn't worked out and they haven't figured out the right pieces to put around Zion. This is his third, what third coach in three years. Yep. I don't know. I, 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 it feels like the Anthony Davis thing all over again. And I just don't know like what their direction is for new Orleans. Like the other teams we praised, we know they kind of had a direction with new Orleans. What are, what are we doing here? It's like they had a plan and it turns out like the, the idea of like, yeah, we're just going to rent, we're just going to land Chris Paul. Like was the, or, or we're going to land Kyle Lowry. It's like, all right, that's cool. I guess that was, that was one A and one B. And then there is nothing else after that on the list. And so it's like, this is, this is what you get when that's yeah. your, when that's your plan, because you're not a team that was just like positioned to do it, you know? So yeah, I'm, uh, this Zion better play what 65, 70 games if this team wants a chance of making the playoffs this year. Isn't it nuts? We were considering them a lock for the play in, in 2019, 2020. And now it it's regressed so bad that we're, I don't even know if they're going to make the play. I, yeah. I don't think they're any different than the Kings at this point. Like Whew. the Kings are. We're not not loving it. So Whew. the thing of like, okay, Delonte Graham, like you got a chance playing in Charlotte this last year, kind of like got left behind with Lamelo and then Terry Rozier, and like Terry Rozier was good. Don't get me wrong, but like basically Terry Rozier's job was like I'm just gonna stand here and shoot and then play defense on the other end. And like Delonte Graham, like didn't even do that. But, <laughs> So, he like turned into their six man and he wasn't like, particularly good at it either. No, didn't shoot the ball very well. No, his percent his efficiency is bad. And yeah. It's really like it's like okay, cool. He does have fairly long arms, but like it doesn't matter. Like he kind of gets bullied out there. So it's like, okay, so now he's your starting point guard. We honestly one, Josh Hart needs to play a lot more minutes for the team because he's about yeah. the only dude who gives two craps on defense. So Josh Hart needs to be a starting two guard. I'm just going to say it. He better be praying that Keel Alexander Walker really works out. Like that dude better take a massive step, which that seems unrealistic. I mean, he's going to get be better, but like you can't count on him to be a starter at this point. Brandon Ingram, what's getting better there? Serious question. Are they going to trade Brandon Ingram during the season? You might have to. I don't know who, I don't know from what, but like, in the, I watch him start 10, 20, you know, just yeah. like, and just be like, we don't have an answer. Like, you're starting Zion, you're starting Valentinus. Okay, we'll see if Valentinus thing really works the way they want it to, or if it's just like a minor offensive upgrade. And there's just nothing about the team that feels inspiring at this point, besides Zion, and even Zion, like, it's, he has this massive wild card with his health. Who's the starting point guard for this team? I guess it's it's either Devontae Graham. The rumor everyone wants is it's Nikhil Alexander-Walker. But, like, I just don't think he's even a point 
and maybe you don't need a point nowadays like a true point is it zion like are we just like doing the point zion thing like they found some stuff out there but like are you trotting out Thomas Sadoransky as your boy card? That's the thing is like, yeah, Tomas. That's the thing. You're playing basically just like severe half-court basketball in this situation and of Zion's point because, I mean, you're not like quickly getting into sets. Like you're either in full transition or you're in like walking up the court. Mm-hmm. Half-court offense. And traditionally for that to work, you have to have spacing and shooters and like, at this point, Brandon Ingram doesn't catch and shoot. He, you know, not that he can't, obviously. Trey Murphy does, though. Trey Murphy, my boy. <laughs> my board. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Is it? Is it Zion, Josh Hart, Trey Murphy, Brandon Ingram, and Valentinus? It's massive. I love it. I want it. I just don't think that's what they're going to do, even yeah. if that is the best lineup. You know, that's the thing in New Orleans. There's just not a clear path here for them. It, it feels like a train wreck. That's just like, it's getting there. You see it coming up the way. It it's it's the, tr- it's the car wreck that you can't take your eyes off of. Yeah. You just you know it's there. You don't know what to do about it, though. But like, man, wish that didn't happen. It sucks. It does. <laughs> It really does. Butchering this again. Get the team out of there. Um, New York. Okay, the Knicks here. Basically decided to run it back. Um, They they decided the issue with Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier playing together was Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I I can tell you it doesn't work. (laughs) My favorite part of this offseason is that the combo that we've seen uh, that New York signed in the offseason that paid a significant amount of money to was like, you know, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, they're better than Jason Tatum and J- Jalen Brown. I just, I guess, what makes you think that, you, okay, so they gave up Reggie Bullock at a three for 30 to Dallas, right? It's terrible. Reggie Bullock is incredible. Why not keep Reggie Bullock for $10 million instead of bringing in Fournier for like $20, $25 million a year? Right? Like, what are you doing? Couldn't you have done like a two for one for Reggie Bullock? They they do the same thing. Fournier does a little more off the bounce, like I know, but like, sweet Jesus, like, what are we doing here? (laughs) Kimball Walker provides them more off the bounce. Like, Derek Rose does a little off the bounce. Like, I guess if you're, playoff reaction was like we don't have enough guys who can do it off the bounce okay you just you didn't have to pay what you paid for Fournier to do that let alone maybe there's better options out there like Fournier and Lonzo got the same deal why not if you want like why not just go get Lonzo at that point you know you know when you put it that way it's like yeah Lonzo is better than Fournier like just is yeah you can walk her for like under 10. I get it. It's cool. Whatever. It's worth a shot. But like, there's a reason no one wanted him at $30 million. Maybe $10 million, eight, nine, whatever he's at is great for him. But like, I think that kind of proves like he's an eight, nine, $10 million player. So you get what you pay for there. 
I don't. So like, I kind of get like the excitement because you can still get go get like a guy like Damian Lillard, right? Like that's been the rumors. Like you're still in the running for the next disgruntled superstar. I don't know. What if that just doesn't happen until like next summer? Like what it what's what's the season then? So if you're hoping you can go get the four or five seed again, doing what you did, again, just do it all over again. I just feel like you're setting yourself up for disappointment, right? Mm. Because like in the NBA, if you're not getting better, you are and like just getting worse. Like if you're not actively trying to get better and like maybe you can say, try and convince yourself getting 48 is trying to get better. It's not, it's just not. You won one playoff game and like, this is like, this is the decision you went with like one playoff game. Like you think back to like your season, like all those big shots, Julius Randall hits, like he doesn't hit three of them. And all of a sudden you're the seventh seed. Mm. Like, why, why do you think that's not going to be the case this year? So I I just think, like, the season can play out the exact same way aside from, like, one random game a month mm-hmm. that you won last year doesn't go your way this year, and all of a sudden, like, you're definitely in the play-in. Yeah. And, like, that's still a fine outcome for the Knicks, to be honest with the roster they have, you know. But if you think – you're taking a step forward. You're you're not. If you did this purely for like now we have those medium sized contracts, we are missing the Nerlens Noel now at ten million dollars and Alec Burks at ten million dollars and all that. Like for trades, I get it. But like again, why do the deal if you don't know who you really are trading for? Again, Dame, I don't know, is Portland like feel inspired by any of those guys? You know, like, oh, yeah, we got a Von Fournier. Nice. <laughs> Picks. So it doesn't really matter who the guys are. So don't pay an excessive amount of money for those guys. All they want is the picks. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess it's fine. Uh, like, you have to pay – like, you have to hit the minimum floor. And they did. Sure. I don't know. I, I'm just not, like, overly excited about this next team again. But – I wasn't overly excited about them last year either. So not not a fun watch, Ryan. <laughs> Definitely not. not you know who's bit. not a fun watch, Matt? Go. Ben Simmons. <laughs> you don't you don't enjoy the workout videos? I I tweeted from our account. Um, I'm just so over the Ben Simmons workout videos. Like the pickup. Like if I if I see nine guys and I can't recognize the nine guys as NBA players you're playing with, like get out of here. Like yeah. I just don't care. I think the reason we're even mentioning that is it's like why is he still there? You know, like I, is his value going up right now? No. I don't know if it's going down, but like it's not going up. Like I keep hearing that as like well, maybe he could play out the regular season and get his value up some. Like, no one cares about from, Ben Simmons, like, to be honest. Like, are we just all going to forget the wide-open dunk that he passed up against Trey Young in the playoffs? Like, that that's what these executives and front offices are looking at. Is like, all right, if we're investing in Ben Simmons, 
we're hoping to get like an all-star caliber player out of him in the playoffs. He didn't, he looked like a role player and we've talked about that. I, I just don't know like what Philly's expecting. Like, I guess the rumor is now that the, his like trade, like the asking price for Ben Simmons is going to come down. You're not getting the James Hart. You're not getting the Drew Holiday package for him. You're not getting an all-star player back or significant pieces plus three picks plus two pick swaps. That's like way off the table. I think that like if that's what they're determined to get, he would have to come and play and shoot what, like three threes a game for the first like 12 games. He would have to hit 35% of his threes on like volume. Yeah. So basically make take three a game, make one a game. Yeah. Like I mean possible. Sure. Sure it's possible. So so is the Boston Celtics calling me up and be like, hey, you know, <laughs> you know, like at this point. And it happened though. And I've just accepted it, you know? Like I'm all right. I'll ice my knees at home and you know, go get some shots up at the gym. Like it's cool. Like I don't have to like live in a fantasy about it, you know, but like Ben Simmons, he is like, mm. we are Philly is whomever, like we're out, we're done. Like, yeah. You know, it's, it's cool that he's, you know, launching 30 footers at like LA fitness or wherever, like cool. So am I like, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, like, yeah. I, like for Ben yeah. Simmons trade value to go up, he would have to have like the 60 point, Kevin Durant Rucker game. Yeah. And it's like against like some actual like maybe guys. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like you would like recognize, oh Kemba Walker's on that team. Like, oh, he's running with whoever, you know? Like, and oh, that's someone who's like a legit like college, like all-star type guy. Yeah. You know? But yeah, he ain't. He playing with he went playing with a dude named Josh. Like, <laughs> you know. What do you would he have upped his trade value at all if he played in the Olympics? Considering Australia did win a medal, probably. Like, to be honest, I, I would be like, oh no, this dude like forced it. Because right now, like, everyone started loving on Patty Mills. And like, probably just like, we love Patty Mills. Like, it's a collective. But like, Patty Mills is awesome. Can confirm. Pat, Patty Mills is like, F everybody. I'm winning a medal. Like, screw you guys. And- <laughs> Ben Simmons just like at home chilling, and it's like if Ben Simmons would have been like the guy you see out there, I'd be like yeah, like you know, like getting hype and like getting everyone like together and rallying and like holding up that like medal and stuff, like that could have looked cool. Like that could have meant something, you know. I'd be like, look, no, I'm carrying, I'm carrying this place, I'm carrying this country. How like, awesome would it have been for Ben Simmons to to be like, yeah, I'm gonna go lock up Kevin Durant and we're gonna beat the U.S. Yeah, and he. He don't want it. He don't want that smoke. He don't want that flame. He he doesn't want it either way. He he he's just out here living, and which is fine. Out there, live your life. You know, live in L.A., do your thing, go play your games, make your money, go home. I get it. It's cool. It's just like understand at the same time that people are going to be critical of that and like not believe in you as like a championship point guard per Doc Rivers because you do things that way. And it's cool. It's fine. You know, like that's fine. Just understand, like. Everyone else might be kind of like not cool with it, but if you got that inner peace, man, like go ahead. That's where I'm at with you. <laughs> what a great way to just also step on Ben Simmons' throat. <laughs> that was the nicest way possible doing that. You know, I'm, uh, 
I am mad at Ben Simmons. I don't care about Ben Simmons enough to like be mad at him about like the way he plays basketball. So whatever, man. Okay, Portland. So Dan Mullard's in pissed off season. We get it again. What are we doing here? Do you think effectively trading out Carmelo for Ben McLemore and Ennis Canner for Cody Zeller are good enough, Ryan? Like we we good now? I I'm speechless. Like I have I have nothing to say to that. Like I don't, that was Neil Shea's answer. That's what we got. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like if I'm Damian Lillard, like what am I supposed to do with that? I yeah, I don't either. <laughs> like I don't. Uh, I I have no. I have nothing. Like I I would want out. Like, I would be like, get me the heck out off this roster. I don't want anything to do with it. Ryan, so, like, you work in IT. Can you imagine if you work somewhere that still had, like, Windows 97 and you're like, I'm not coming back unless, like, you get an upgrade? And like, If it, my first day, like, they handed me, like, my computer, my, like, work computer, and like, <laughs> all right, it's running Windows 97, I would just close the computer and walk out. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 we got you. And they give you, like, an upgrade and it's got, like, Windows 10 on it. <laughs> You'd be like, yo, like, what, what's up with this? Like, this is not okay. Like, and, like this isn't any better. You, you, like, crap, and then, like, you put sprinkles on it. Like, that's all you did. Like, you know, that's what this feels like. And yeah, the day because this is, they took dog crap and put sprinkles on it and said, like, this is better. They put, <laughs> they, they sprayed some dog or some Febreze on dog pee. It, you, that doesn't. That smell doesn't go away, Matt. It still is what it is, you know. And I guess with Portland, but Norm Powell, but Norm Powell, Matt. And like I know they were in cap, you know, just locked up in that. But like, man, if if Dame's telling you he's leaving, like, either go all in and just be like. I guess we're going to get as much we can for you because I mean, clearly there was a market for like a team wanting a guy like that. Like you could have got a ransom for him, but like just didn't said, we'll run it back. And we were talking pre pod. Like there's just not a lot of teams that would be like, yep, we'll throw in the towel, but you got to give us everything. No one was willing to do that this off season. Portland could have taken advantage of the market that way and still maybe built like a, decent team around CJ McCollum that like probably doesn't make the playoffs, but like could have been something could have been competitive, could have been feisty, done the whole Clippers thing from, you know, years ago with Pat Bevin dudes and figured that out. Didn't. And it's like, whether you want to or not, that the league gives you what you deserve at the end of the day. And that's probably what's just going to happen, whether you want it to or not. Well, if you, playoffs, but well, if you- you kind of look at the teams who are like going the opposite way of going for it. And the teams who are probably going to be taking, it's like a very few number of teams like Oklahoma city, Houston, magic, the Orlando magic, Cleveland, Cleveland, maybe, but they might be going for it. Yeah. Everyone wants in this year. Detroit, Everyone, like, maybe, but like, but they kind of have a team that could be on the verge of like wanting to push for the play in. 
Um, but I get the point, right? Everyone wants in the playoffs now. Everyone wants to make the play in. Well, you can convince yourself so easily, right? Like it's 10, t- 10 opportunities. You have, uh, you have the chance to make a, make a run at the playoffs. You're not wrong. A lot of teams are, but you ain't wrong. Should I, do I think the Detroit Pistons should ever try to go for it this year? The answer is no. But I also think the front office and that team is wanting to make make some moves. I mean, they're wrong. I want to see Kate Cunningham in the playoffs, but also am a realist, Ryan. So, well, some governors are not. Nope, that is true. Uh, you don't have to be competent to run an NBA franchise, as we've seen. Per That's hour. true. It's very accurate. All right, Ryan. So we've talked a lot of basketball. It's been great. Good. <clears throat> It is football season though, and that's what gets a lot of people hyped right now. So let's let's do a little merger here. So just for funsies here, last five-ish minutes of the pod. I encourage listeners keep on this for a minute. So Ryan, favorite NFL team? Green Bay Packers. For me, it's the New England Patriots. So you get three guys from the NBA. You get to come join your team. Mm. Give me one. The pick here for me is Zion Williamson, and he's coming over to play tight end. I just imagine him playing like the Bubba Franks role, you know. And like, just could you maybe- imagine like him not only playing tight end in the red zone, but then you're at like the one yard line, and you're like, "All right, come in the backfield. Come here. We're just gonna hand you the ball." Just motion him in. Motion him in. Yeah. And it's going to be – and just jump over. Just, like, go ahead. Like, we know you're this big dude, but just jump over the pile. The Barry Sanders move. Yeah. Pretty legit. I like that. Um, we didn't really do this as a draft. We just picked guys. Obviously, LeBron's off the table. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Miles Bridges. Ooh, that's just, a good pick. The dude, the dude is forceful. He goes up. He snags it. He has great body control. He just – he seems like a dude who, like, wants the smoke on the football field. So, I don't even know what I'm playing him at. He's kind of this hybrid Darren Waller receiver tight end. Utility. That's yep. what you're going to call him. Yep. Travis Kelsey, whatever. Mm. Whatever. Pass catcher. You know, got to get the man the money. Call him pass catcher. Pass catcher. I got Miles Bridges. Okay. With my, my second choice here, I'm going to keep it. From favorite team to favorite team, Lou Dort is going to play corner or safety for me. Yeah, that's a good one. And I just want him two inches from the best wide receiver at all times on the other team. Follows him when he motions across the formation and just sticks. Yeah. Living hell there. Just put his arms around the guy at all times. Like it, the great thing about football, especially when it comes to Lou Dort, is that he gets to be more physical, which just benefits me even more. <laughs> so he's gonna be jamming dudes at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. It, and he doesn't care about getting mossed on, so that's the best part. Putting him at corner. Uh, I got Jalen Suggs going with the rook. Mm. Which side note, man, Jalen Suggs at summer league. 
was balling. Um, the just, magic finally got someone. Shout out Orlando. You lucked out into Jalen Suggs. And hey, my pre-draft was he might be a Russell Westbrook for a franchise. Mm. He might be a Russell Westbrook for the Orlando Magic. I'm just saying. <laughs> so I'm getting that, dude. That dude, because I know I can put him at quarterback. Mm. Shout out to every draft analysis um, in the world there. Did you know he was Mr. Minnesota in football? <laughs> um, so I also know I could put him at safety if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like play Pat Chung role out there. Yeah, I like Jalen Suggs. That dude's a baller. He's going to make game saving plays, game, you know, clutch. I, I'm cool with just giving Jalen Suggs the ball. Get out the way. I love it. Jalen Suggs is awesome. Uh, and then my third pick is kind of a deep cut here. I mean, I guess Lou Dort's kind of a deep cut, but uh, Derek Jones Jr., give me all the bounce. I need someone, I need another wide receiver who can do something outside of Devontae Adams. And I feel like, in the, it, you know, like not only is he quick, but like throw the ball up and he's going to come down with it. All those like cool one arm Odell catches. Yeah. He's got those. Yeah. And he's going to be a great, great celebrator in the end zone. Great alley oops on the field, field goal posts. <laughs> um, he's a different level of athlete that your team just desperately needs. That the like Central Wisconsin desperately needs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Wisconsin don't really go together. So. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. I don't like getting a washed up Jimmy Graham is probably like the closest thing to Derek Jones Jr. that I can imagine. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, shout out to Jimmy Graham. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and for my last guy, I just, I, we already know he's a multi-sport guy. I just feel like the long arms are going to come in handy here. I'm going to mm. go Donovan Mitchell. Mm. You know, like an NFL receiver jumps off of two feet. Right, it's the criticism in the NBA. Does it in the NFL though? Everyone loves it. I feel like he's he's quick. I don't know if he's blazing speed fast. But he's quick. He got the super long arms, like six ten arms, six one. I he just feels like he ain't going to get jammed up. He gonna go find the ball. He gonna be one of those guys you just you can trust as a possession receiver, and then he's gonna hit a big one every now and again. I, I'm getting Donald Mitchell. He's like just a good football player. Mm, I like it. I could I could also see uh, Donovan Mitchell just mossing some poor corner who has no idea what's gonna gonna happen. You get that corner goes off with an injury and some backup lines up on him. And you just look at the quarterback. <laughs> send, send it my way. I know I'm open already. You know, you know how it is, Ryan. Like when that wide receiver gives you a look, mm. it's like, yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs> Just a little hand signal, little eye contact. No, it's no, over. Yeah, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's over." Uh, well, that's all of episode one hundred and twenty. I'm ready for some NBA basketball again. Yeah. I'm like itching for it. I'm like searching like 1960 NBA Finals games. <laughs> I'm like researching Bill Bill Russell clips. Hey. You know, it's okay to have an addiction, Ryan. It's not like you're on drugs or anything. So, NBA. You got any more of those NBA games somewhere? <laughs> I better be addicted to basketball. 
Uh, that's true. That's a good point. Well, that's all for episode 120. Uh, we'll be back for episode 121 sometime next week. We will see you then. Yeah.